time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Tuesday, August 11th, 2020. Thank you for joining us today. Really excited about another great episode today here on the program, episode 101. Of course, yesterday we were able to uh, really have some fun on a really special show. Uh, It was our 100th episode, and we were able to really put something out that I think a lot of people enjoyed we were able to uh, honor, pay tribute to the legendary coach at Real Hondo Prep, Mr. Ken Drain, who's had such an impact on so many young men who've gone through the program. Somebody that uh, is just uh, somebody that you, nobody has any bad words for. I mean, he was just someone that's motivated, again, so many young men. And it was really fun in collecting a bunch of different audio clips from so many of his former players and then having those played during our episode yesterday. So if you haven't had a chance to check out that episode, uh, if you're affiliated with Real Hondo Prep, and even if you're not, I think you can really get um, some, some good insight on uh, to how special of a man Ken Drain is and uh, continues to be a father of five. He's now a grandfather. He has a coach to Real Hondo Prep for many years, uh, won multiple CIF championships in football, uh, got his first basketball championship a few years ago as a coach as well. He's been the athletic director at Rio. Uh, just so many uh, things, uh, too many to list and count, but we talked all about him yesterday, and it was a tremendous honor to be able to do that. On the program today, we are going to be joined by Ken Drain's oldest daughter, Tawny Drain. And Tawny Drain was one year uh, below me in my classes at uh, Rio Hondo Prep. I played, uh, grew up with her brother, Devin Drain, the oldest of the Drain kids. And Tawny was one year below us. So we all kind of knew each other, ran in the same circles a little bit. Um, Tawny's going to talk to us a little bit about what's been going on with her the past few months. Uh, She works at Latham and Watkins Law Firm as a business intake assistant. However, the past few months, she's had some time off and no, it's not COVID related or anything, but uh, she's had to uh, go through some adversity. She's going to talk to us a lot about uh, just different obstacles and adversity that she has gone through in her life. And and I think, uh, I think you guys will enjoy this. I know a lot of other people who uh, have, have kind of know what Tawny's story is in recent months. Uh, They definitely are going to take interest to this. I wanted to talk to Tawny. Uh, when I heard she was going to need a liver transplant and uh, everything has gone smoothly and and well for the most part. And when I heard and actually talked to her dad a few months ago about the whole situation, uh, I just knew, okay, God's going to work this out. Tawny's a fighter. She's going to make it through all this. 
and we're going to have to bring her on the program here when she's uh, recovering and and uh, able to chat with us. So she was gracious enough to spend some time with us, and uh, she'll talk about uh, the, her experiences the past few months, but also her experiences in growing up uh, in Rio Hondo Prep and Care Youth League, of course, and just uh, kind of transitioning into adulthood like we all do, you know, that, that really weird time from like 18 until our uh, mid to late 20s where we're all kind of trying to figure things out, what direction to go and everything. Uh, Tawny's a very avid, uh, I don't know what to call it, CrossFit. Uh, what, I don't even know what to call the, the CrossFit uh, crew, but uh, she's very into CrossFit, uh, has had tremendous success there. She's going to talk about that. Um, she's definitely someone that uh, will lo- would love to promote CrossFit and kind of what it d- can do for people and, and just the the benefits from doing it. And so she's somebody that again, had tremendous success in that area. And uh, she'll talk to us about some of her experiences there, as well as what's been going on uh, the previous, uh, the past few months. So be sure to stick with us as we have a fun interview with Tawny Drain coming up here shortly. Uh, A few things I want to talk about today, guys. Um, There's been so much talk these past few months about uh, prejudice right? There's been a lot of talk about uh, not hating other people. And unfortunately, it's created a lot of hate as well. It's kind of what I've seen. Um, It's been very unfortunate. I mean, it seems like everyone's offended all the time. Um, You can't say anything about anyone because they're like, oh, you're generalizing. You, You can't say that about this group or that group. And it's just like, man, alive. Like, I didn't really... I realize everyone hated so hated everyone so much. It's like uh, we have disagreements; those are fine. But what is all this like hate and it's craziness? Anyway, um, I do have a I have an I have an admission that there is a there's a group of people that I really don't like, and I thought I'd take this opportunity to to say this and and to say it on the show. Um, it's a group of people that. There's not very many of them. I'll say that. There's not very many of this group. Um, There's somebody that I think a lot of us, if we're honest, don't like very much. Um, Anytime they open their mouth, it's like, oh, man, here we go again. And it's it's just uh, I don't I don't really have the words. I I usually don't have the words here on the show. But um, if there's a group of people I just I just despise. and, And oh, man, it get my gets my blood boiling. It, uh, it's a group of people <laughs> that are thin people, thin people, hear me out, very thin people <laughs> who don't work out <laughs> and eat whatever they want all the time. Listen, <laughs> I am not a thin person. Uh, I probably don't do a lot of things that I should do. I should eat better. I should exercise harder. I should do those things. Okay, that's all. We all understand that. And to the people that are thin and work out a lot and just kind of eat bad things and then get back to a good diet, I'm not talking about you. You guys know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about the random people. I don't even know. 5% of the population. Maybe it's more. I don't know who. It is. I, I haven't done the research. But I've, I've been around a few of these people in my life the past few years. They eat whatever they want, whenever they want, and they never gain weight. And you think, oh, man, they must work out a lot. No, they don't work out at all. It's unbelievable. I'm not talking about indulging here and there, which is something, you know, hey, everyone does. But 
I'm talking about the people that eat fast food at least twice a day, have soda with every meal, uh, eat at midnight. They you you eat a bunch of dessert all the time. Ne- no weight gain, never. You're like, okay, well, Michael Phelps has a pretty heavy diet, but he, you know, he's working out. No, these people don't work out. <laughs> well, and it's hilarious when they talk to you. They'll talk to you. Oh, you just gotta, you just gotta walk more and be more active. I'm like, walk more. Walking around the block <laughs> doesn't do anything for the the uh, the three fast food meals that you, <laughs> that you had today. Oh, look it. I've tried to push away from fast food uh, the past, well, for a lot of years, and uh, I still struggle with weight all the time. And uh, you know what? I'm sure plenty of people have pointers out there for me, and uh, they'd be like, oh, man, you eat too much bread, or hey, you need to do more weights. You need to do more uh, cardio. You need to do this. You need to do that. Hey, I get it all. I get it all, and, and for losing weight is hard for some people. But, man, these guys that don't work out and eat bad, if you do both of those and you really don't ever struggle with weight, I got a real problem with you. I got a real problem with you. You you uh you make me sick, all of you. However many there are out there, because most people got to work out a lot or uh, or watch what they eat, uh, <laughs> one or the other. But the people that do neither, they just eat whatever all the time, all kinds of calories. And, and it's there's not that many. You guys know there's not that many people out there who are like this, because most of us we're adults and we uh it's just it's just part of life. So. Anyway, I had to get that off my chest. I was around some uh, uh, old column friends <laughs> recently that I would just it just had an epiphany. I was like, dude, these guys eat whatever they want all the time. And they're not young either. They're not like, oh, they got that fast metabolism at 20 years old or whatever. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. Fast food all the time. Dessert at least uh, once a day. Sodas with every meal and probably eating, uh, you know, eating after 10, 11 o'clock at night too. And it's just like, that's like breaking all the rules <laughs> and you're successful. You know what I mean? That's like breaking a bunch of laws and never going to jail. I don't know. What was this? Uh, the, the mafia diet. I don't even know what to call it. Breaking rules, breaking laws and, uh, and not getting in trouble for it. It's crazy. Cause I, I walked by the refrigerator the other day. I swear, I swear I gained five pounds just walking by. I was walking, I was getting steps in, right? But I walked by the refrigerator and I felt heavier. It was crazy. Didn't open it, didn't do anything. I went, man, food just oh, stay away from me. Maybe I should just not eat for like a, a year. I don't know. Anyway, I'm just venting. No one wants to hear me complain. That's another thing. You ever see these people online? Look, there's been so many things to complain about the past few years past few months, especially, but you, you see the people that like post a picture and it's of themselves and they're like trying to show you how tired they are. And the caption will be something like, Oh, just got done with a double shift. I'm just fighting. I'm so tired. And look, I'm not talking. The thing is the people that like the frontline workers, healthcare, like they don't generally do this stuff. You're like, hey, God bless them. We need all the people in the health industry and this and that. But can we stop with this like sympathy searching on social media? Oh, my life is so hard. I have, you know, what's hilarious is the people that really do struggle, the people that really do have things that go wrong or have obstacles in their life. They, they, they're not that way. And I think, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but I just this this whole look at me culture we're in 
I mean, look at me do this. Look at me do that. Okay, I get that. But then when you start telling me how tired you are, well, you weren't tired enough to take a picture of yourself, so you can't be that tired. Go work another four hours at your shift or whatever. Don't don't stop taking selfies. Uh, I'm just venting here, guys. You know, you got me. I got me all worked up about the food thing. Now I'm here. Anyway, let me move on some uh, some other things here. A uh, few of my friends posted some things I actually enjoyed and a lot, got a chuckle out of. John Lee. Uh, who's been on this program and contributed to the show yesterday, he posted something on his Facebook feed about uh, basically a casino in Vegas. They can operate kind of at 50% capacity. And so what did some people do? They had like a church service in there. They said, oh, you can't worship in a church service, but you can have, uh, you can be in a casino. So they got the wheels spinning. They said, fine, we'll have a church service. Uh, when I <laughs> when I went to John's Facebook page to look up the story because I knew he he posted it a few days ago his uh, his other story was a a Babylon Bee posting and I told you guys about the satire of the Babylon Bee it's not real but it's hilarious some of the headlines and the headline <laughs> of the story I saw said uh, Bible experts have now discovered that uh, Goliath uh, died from COVID uh, if. <laughs> If you don't find that at least a little funny, I mean, come on, guys, we can't take ourselves too serious. I know COVID is very serious and we shouldn't be laughing about deaths and everything, but come on, come on. Some of the stuff that's gone on the past few uh, months, I mean, that's that's just hilarious. David and Goliath, great story. One of my favorite Bible stories. <laughs> Goliath died of COVID. Oh, man, I was just looking up one of John's stories, too, and then I just came across that. Uh, and then another story I saw. Now, this was posted a few days ago, August 6th. However, I think this is this story or this video occur, may have occurred in June. So I don't think it was recent, but it was posted recent. And it was of a Walmart in North Versailles, Pennsylvania. And people went in there and had a church service, sang songs, praise the Lord, and had a quote-unquote church service uh, because they weren't allowed to worship in their churches. But you can go into a Walmart, which is probably way more crowded than any church service would be. And they had a church service. So I absolutely love these stories that are happening. Uh, these types of things that we're seeing just like, oh, you can't do this. Okay. Well, we'll, uh, we'll find a loophole. I, I think it's great. I mean, you, you can't, you, you can't have a church service, uh, but you can, you know, ha- have a massive protest and you can't eat, you can't eat on a patio, but you can, you know, do this. It's like, come on guys. I mean, I, I know there's some serious stuff out there, but I mean, again, anytime you can, Go against the hypocrisy of things. I absolutely love it. So way to go, people in North Versailles, Pennsylvania. Thank you for uh, sharing the casino story, John Lee. And uh, I, I again, the, the Goliath thing was really hilarious. Now I got another beef with John's brother, Ken Lee. Great guy. He's been on the show. He was on here yesterday, too, with the, the, the post about Mr. Drain. Ken Lee posted on Facebook about something that changed my life, and not in a good way. It was the secret menu at Del Taco. And it's like a 10-minute long video. And yeah, I watched all the 10 minutes of it. And it talked about all these different secret menu items at Del Taco. Now, I didn't need more reasons to go to Del Taco, Ken. You're absolutely killing me. Back to this whole, uh, you know, food thing. I, I, I probably, I'm doing this. I'm not hungry now. I don't know why I'm talking about food so much. But I didn't need another reason to go to Del Taco, Ken. I saw that. And what did I do? I went to Del Taco like 20 minutes after watching the video. And it wasn't a pretty sight. There may have been, there may be photographic evidence of what I ordered. And it's unfortunate. I may have sent it to Ken and told him, hey, this is your fault. So 
those are a few things on my mind this morning. Again, I'm not bashing guys who post things on social media because some of the things I like, uh, some of the things I find hilarious. Other things I'm like, oh, why'd you do that? Now I'm hungry. Uh, and then there's other things I see these these heroes of the internet. Uh, you know, oh, my life is so hard, and I have another shift. I'm just like, stop it. What are you What are you doing? Put your phone down and get to work or get home. Work hard and finish up and get home. It's like, oh, drives me nuts. We've got to stop doing this stuff. Anyway, I've rambled enough. I'm sorry, guys. I hope I didn't ruin uh, Tawny's interview here or, you know, driven away people who came on this show to listen to her today. But again, Tawny is someone who has had tremendous success uh, in fitness with CrossFit specifically. Um, she's going to talk about that. Uh, probably give me some pointers for sure of, uh, you know, me, me having to work out a little harder and, and, uh, <laughs> work on my diet as well. But anyway, she's going to talk about that and she's going to talk about, uh, again, in all seriousness, some of the uh, obstacles and, uh, just challenges that she has had over the years that started at a young age. And, uh, you know, most recently with her surgery, uh, coming down, she was gracious enough to talk to us about all this, which, uh, I am extremely, um, thankful for, for her, uh, cause it, it can't be easy to talk about some of these things, but I think all of you will find this incredibly uplifting. I know I did. It was great talking to her. Hadn't talked to her in a very long time. It was an absolute privilege to, uh, put the show out yesterday to honor her dad. And I thought, well, let's, uh, let's put Tawny's interview right after her dad's, uh, the following day. Cause I think it's appropriate. I know Mr. Drain loves all his kids. He loves, uh, he loves Tawny a lot. And she's going to talk about, uh, kind of some inf inside information in the Drain family as well. So for those that don't know the Drains or Real Hondo Prep, I still think you'll get something out of this. And for those that do know uh, the Drain family, I think uh, you guys will definitely learn a couple things here. Additionally, I was notified by Tani Drain late on Monday night that she was interviewed by ABC News. Actually, her and Mrs. Kim Parker, who was her liver donor, uh, ABC News interviewed them last night, and it went on the air at 11 p.m. here on the West Coast. So uh, if you haven't had an opportunity to check that out on uh, some programming, I'm sure you can find it online, probably somewhere, ABC News. Uh, dot com. I don't know exactly, but I'll tell you what, we're going to look for it and we're going to post it on our Facebook page just so people know uh, who listen to this podcast. Uh, you know, Tawny Drain made some national news or, or at least some local news here in California. So uh, really cool that uh, she was able to be a part of that and get interviewed her and Mrs. Parker telling their story. So uh, great stuff. Tawny jokingly told me that, uh, <laughs> Hey, I, uh, my interview with her uh, kind of prepared her for the ABC News interview. So there you go, guys. We are we are here at the Get Home Safe podcast, uh, getting people ready for their for their big time uh, interviews uh, for some bigger networks and such. So maybe uh, maybe the maybe the podcast grows a little bit here. I don't know. Anyway, just rambling along. But a really cool Tawny Drain was on the ABC News. So be sure to check that out somewhere. Uh, and, and again, if I find it, I'll get it out to you guys so that you can see that. So great stuff. Uh, looking forward to you guys hearing Tawny Drain on this episode of the Get Home Safe podcast. So we'll take a quick break and then we'll get right to it with our interview with Tawny Drain. Okay, joining us today on the program is Tawny Drain. You might recognize that last name. Uh, her brother, 
uh, Ed Drain has been on the program. I've also had her other brother, Devin Drain, on the program. And so we're kind of going through all the drains here uh, one at a time. We'll eventually get to all of them. Uh, her father is uh, known very well as a coach at Real Hondo Preps, coached a lot of uh, young men and uh, has been doing it a long time. So uh, I want to hear all the the info, the inside info about Mr. Drain, Devin, Ed, all the Drain family. And so we thought we'd bring on Tawny Drain today. Tawny works uh, at a law firm. Uh, the past few months have been a little different for her as uh, so many of us, it's been that way. But Tawny obviously has, uh, has gone through adversity, some adversity here recently, much like uh, her brother Ed did when he was a young kid. We're going to talk about it all, but let's welcome her first. Tawny Drain, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Matt. So glad to see you. <laughs> it's been a long time, right? Very, very long time. <laughs> I can't even remember the last time I saw you, to be honest. Oh, wow. Oh, good stuff. Well, uh, always good to see uh, any member of the Drain family. You know, um, it, it's so funny to me, Tawny, in, in being around Mr. Drain so much and, and then growing up kind of with Devin, you know, I look at Mr. Drain, he has this like intensity to him. And then your mom always has just this cheery, happy, go lucky attitude, similar to my, how my mom used to be. And so, I mean, what, what is that like in the Drain family? I mean, is it, is it exactly what us civilians see every day? Um, I don't know if people actually seen them together. I think my dad, um, he, I don't want, well, he gets a little annoyed sometimes when she's dramatic. Um, I'm, <laughs> I think I'm, I don't want to admit it, but I think I'm more like her. Um, so we butt heads a little bit, but yeah, my dad's more of the not so many words uh, type of guy. Mm -hmm. I remember I always wanted him to punish me when I was younger because apparently I'm the favorite, they say, me and Colleen. <laughs> but Colleen took a while to get along. She's 10 years younger than me. But like he would just basically give me a Bible verse and that was my punishment. And I would just read that ground me forever. So I always want my dad. <laughs> so I, I have a sneaky suspicion that he didn't treat his daughters like he did with, say, the basketball players he was coaching, raise his voice in that manner. Oh, no. <laughs> I loved watching your games because I loved watching my dad get so mad never get that now with me so I never saw it so that's why it was so fun to watch you guys play and him just get all red in the face was yelling at you it was a joy to watch I loved it oh my goodness Tani well well thanks it wasn't as fun up close <laughs> and being on the receiving end of it and I don't think there's one person who's played for Mr. Drain that doesn't know exactly what we're both talking about that, that <laughs> how loud he, someone could get as close to I mean you, you learn to, to get in line and, and get in get in order real quick uh, with Coach Drain there. So uh, good times. It's just funny to hear that, you know, he goes home and he's just this quiet, uh, quiet father and, you know, loves his daughters and uh, just, hey, go go read a Bible verse in the corner, Tawny, uh, when you got in trouble. Yeah, it was great. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, well, Tawny, tell me about some of the work you did uh, at, at Latham Watkins, I believe, was the uh, – the, the business you said you worked for in uh, the re recent years. And I know that you kind of got the job through a connection that uh, a guy, both of us know and Javier Perez. Yeah. So kind of, kind of tell me how all that went, went down and kind of some of the work you did there. So it all started when I was 30. Um, 
my medical stuff started getting worse. I was getting itchy. So I was like, I need to get better medical insurance. So that's how it all started. Mm-hmm. So I started looking for another job because the school I was at, Avison Charter School, I was a teacher's aide. They didn't offer that. They didn't want to offer me more money. So I was like, oh, I got to look elsewhere. So I started looking elsewhere. And then Javi gave me a job interview. The job interview he actually gave me, I didn't get it. But the people liked me. So they transferred over to a different department in the same law firm. And they hired me. So um, what I do there is basically, I mean, it's confidential, so I can't say too much. Basically, mm-hmm. I work on, I work with secretaries with their cases for the lawyers. And I just input all the information, make sure everything matches. And if it doesn't, I have to go back to them. And once they get a number, they can bill their clients. So that's basically what I do. Okay. Interesting. Well, uh, it's so cool, Tony, when you see like the real Hondo prep alums kind of still working together down the road over the years, you know, you know what I mean? Just those connections are pretty cool. Good stuff. Well, well, Tony, 2020 has been quite an interesting year for everybody. Uh, but specifically you, uh, it's, it's been very different. It's there's, there's definitely been some adversity. And and if you could kind of sum up kind of some of the things you you've gone through, uh, this past month, I I know a lot of people have been rooting for you and, uh, you know, praying a lot for you. So it's, uh, it's awesome to see kind of how things work out. Right. So if you could kind of, kind of summarize how the past few, few months have been with your entire situation. So to be honest, I think most people are dealing with the pandemic. I honestly haven't had to deal with it too much because once I was in the system for my liver transplant because of my disease, I had Crowley disease, which is a very rare disease. I think there, I only know of like two other cases. Um, so once I got for donor, a deceased and live, um, I was basically confined to my room. I couldn't go into work because I would catch things super quick, like the COVID. Um, so I didn't really have to deal with the pandemic as much, which was nice. It seems like normal life for me. But um, once all that started, the process was actually quite long. I thought I would find a donor very quickly, but it seemed like every donor that they would go through um, took about a month. So Kim Parker, who was my donor, um, it was a six month in, which was nice. And it worked out perfectly with my job um, because I was a year in right then. So I got disability. Um, But it was a very overwhelming experience. I remember going in my first appointment at Keck and I had, I believe I took Gabe Perez with me um, because as you know, my mother is very emotional. And <laughs> when I had my first appointment before the Keck visit, I took John and my mom, John Collins, because he's a doctor and he's also a very close friend with me. And they told me I was gonna have to have a liver and kidney transplant. And my mom just lost it. And I knew then I was like, I cannot take you to appointments with me because it's already hard enough for me to not be emotional and I can't see you emotional. So when I went to Keck to find out like process, what I'm gonna go through, um, it was nice to take Gabriel one because he's a nerd. So he takes a lot of notes. Sorry, Gabe. I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> um, but two, I didn't have, um, he made me feel very, uh, at ease. Like he didn't, if I cried, he'd be like, buck up, you know, tough love Gabe. But, um, it was very nice to have someone just a strong pillar. Like I could have took my dad, but 
there's just so much emotion there. He kind of feels bad because with this, with this disease, your mom and dad have to have a certain chromosome. So they feel at kind of at fault that I have it, if mm. that makes sense. So that's why it's just harder to take my family. But yeah, my, that's been my process. Oh, well, it, I am just thrilled as I know so many other people are that uh, everything has worked out for the most part in uh, you know, there's not, there's, there's bumps along the road, of course, but, but overall, it sounds like things uh, have, have, have gone well, right? Yeah. Um, I'll tell you one thing that was, I heard, I joined the liver support group at Keck just to see how it would go. You get to talk to people that already had transplants. And I remember them telling me the day after your surgery, you're going to have to get up and walk. And I was like, there's no way, like, they're going to make me do that. Like, they can't make, not going to force me to do that. And the next day after surgery, I had to get up and walk and it was extremely painful, but they make you do it. And it's just amazing that you undergo this huge surgery and they believe that you can walk the next day and you do. Mm -hmm. But wow. I was a old person, I was on a walker, but you know, <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> Sorry. Tani, is there, is there some kind of scratch in your microphone area? Uh, like by your mm -hmm. key keyboard or anything? You're all good? Okay. Something's kind of kind of scratchy here and there. All good. Okay. Uh, so you had a the old lady walker, huh? Yeah, I had a walk because I couldn't really extend my stomach. So the incision actually is an upside down T. It goes from the bottom of your chest all the way down to your belly button, mm -hmm. and then mine's across. It's actually eighteen inches across my stomach. Wow. Um, and it's further on the left side are on the right side where the liver is because um, they had to go in deep because I didn't have a working portal vein, which is the vein that goes to your liver and makes everything work. So they had to reconstruct a whole portal vein for me. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, all the, all the details and everything, you're just like, wow, it's amazing. Uh, first of all, medicine, you know, how, how things operate, how things uh, work. I mean, that there's people out there who, who know how to do all this stuff. It's pretty amazing. Uh, we've had Gabe Perez on the program. We're working on Javier Perez. Uh, you've made <laughs> a mention of some of those guys. John Collins, we, we've interviewed him. He's coming on the program here uh, very soon. So, so a lot of familiar names uh, to the podcast anyway. Uh, it's, really, it's really cool to hear, again, the involvement, the, the friendship, if you will, of, of everyone kind of kind of uh, coming together with this thing. And, and I got to tell you, I feel for your mom because she's, I, I, I totally understand her, her kind of falling apart. I really do because she's always this upbeat, positive person. And it's like, you know what, much like I'm sure what your brother Ed Drain went through with leukemia at a young age. I mean, that's just got to be so hard on parents. Yeah. And I'm, it's out, it was actually a blessing that this pandemic happened because the day before surgery, they told me, only one person can come with me like the day of to pre-op and it's hard enough choosing from your family because I have three brothers and one sister and then I have my mom and dad so I just went the other way and I chose a friend because <laughs> it was just gonna be too hard to choose and I feel like I would have been way more emotional with family so mm -hmm. I, 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 I get else. that no I, I get that I mean that's a that's a tough situation and uh yeah it's probably like 
can't pick uh, the best one or the word. Okay. Yeah. Let's go a different route. That, that makes total sense <laughs> to me. Well, well, Tani, talk to me about, uh, you know, Gabe, Gabe Lopez, Gabe Lopez, Gabe Perez. Okay. Um, yeah. Different. Sorry. All these <laughs> names. I have all these episodes, all these people. I kind of, I kind of cross over names sometimes. Uh, but anyway, t- tell me about, um, you know, Gabe, Gabe Perez, I know the owner operator of, of CrossFit North Pasadena. He's talked about, uh, his business here on this show. And we'd love to get him back on sometime to maybe talk some more combat sports or something. But uh, I know he had a big impact on your life, right? As far as getting involved yeah, in CrossFit? So, yeah, we were friends in high school. Um, and then we went to college together. So that's how that started. And just because of my disease, I wasn't allowed to play sports. So I just naturally got overweight. Um, so in August 2011, he asked if he can train me and I would just, instead of paying mint, he would, you know, use my image as his prototype for his gym and plaster me everywhere. So that's how I started. (laughs) And it was very hard. I, I don't think I would have done it if it wasn't for him. And also if I didn't train with, um, Veronica Javier Perez's wife, Mm -hmm. she came with me and she was a big encouragement because it was just embarrassing to do it by myself. I did not want to do that. Um, but I stuck with it and a year I was in great shape. I started competing. Um, he opened his gym in December. I could be wrong. I believe it's 2012. He could correct me. Um, and this is, I think this is going to be our 10th year open in business. Wow. Yeah. So it's been, uh, I've met so many people and they've actually been very supportive through my liver transplant as well. Um, so I just met a lot of people and it's been great and I can't wait to get back. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, Tony, but, but take, I mean, take us inside that conversation though, because I can't imagine that was an easy one for Gabe to have with you, even though he's saying, okay, here's what we do. I'm going to work you out and I'm going to publicize you to everywhere. (laughs) I mean, how how did you feel about that? Did it take some well, convincing? Well, to be honest, I was like, I'm not going to, it's not going to work. Because the doctors told me I would not lose weight just because mm-hmm. of my disease. Um, so I was like, eh, whatever, I'll try it. Because he started training me first at 24-Hour Fitness. And I was just very lazy. Um, and then I was like, dude, I'll try anything. You know, why not? So I did it. Um and I didn't think I would be plastered everywhere. I didn't think it would work. So year came by and I was plastered everywhere. But <laughs> it, was a good, it was a good thing because I didn't mind how I looked before when I was fat because there was a big difference. And I wanted to support him and get him business. And it worked. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, can, I can tell you... Uh... Losing weight is, is no easy thing. I definitely speak from experience there. Uh, it's, it's tough. It's, uh, it, you really having somebody like Gabe to kind of push you and motivate you, I, I could see uh, where that could be beneficial. I mean, you had tremendous results. I, I, I remember, I mean, how did you feel after all that? I mean, as you're going through it, were you kind of hating Gabe a little bit? And then, uh, but towards- first week, I hated him. I was so sore. <laughs> I live with stairs. I was literally crawling up the stairs. It was that bad. <laughs> I remember complaining him to him all the time. Um, and honestly, I did even after or before my transplant, um, I would complain. And I know when he starts training me again, um, cause he wants to get me back in shape when I can start training. I'm, I already know I'm going to complain. 
but I know I'll listen because I want to get back. That's, that's the key. You have to have the mind to want to change. Yeah. And I think that I had it, so it worked. Interesting. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I told Gabe this, that CrossFit kind of has this reputation for being like, I don't know, this uh, almost like a, a club, this cult following, if you will. And some people are like, ah, you don't need to do all that stuff. But, but it is true. I, the people that do it, they get tremendous results. And I mean, it is, do most people who start it become obsessed with it? Like, like uh, they kind yeah, of publicize? So the reason people become obsessed with it um, is because you find friends and then you want to work out together versus when you're at a 24-hour fitness, you're kind of by yourself. I mean, for me and girls in general, we don't know what we're doing most of the time at a 24-hour fitness. We're just go from machine to machine, you know, mm -hmm. working our bodies out. And then, but you're at a CrossFit gym, it's programmed for you. You have a coach there to make sure you're not getting hurt. And then you're, you meet friends, you know, you have CrossFit parties and you just build relationships for like life. And it's awesome. Wow. So it's kind of the, the whole team concept, really. Yeah, it's just like a team. And I think that's what I missed because I didn't have that in high school, really. And I, it just clicked with me. And I loved it, even though it's still painful. I'll tell you that it's, <laughs> it's hard and it's painful, but it's worth it. So much. I love it. Oh, man. Well, that's, uh, that's good stuff. I haven't taken the plunge yet myself, but uh, who knows? Maybe, maybe down the road. Here, we'll, we'll <laughs> hey, see. I didn't want to do it either. So <laughs> just got to get your foot in the door. And then after, uh, I would say a month, the soreness dies down. Um, okay. But then you'll get sore again because you learn new things and you up your weight, you know? <laughs> so uh, was there, you, you talked about kind of a hesitation in getting involved in that much physicality and that much, uh, that, that much working out. Like you, you said you had some issues kind of not, not being able to play sports because of some, uh, some obstacles really with uh, some health concerns. So, so how did you kind of work around that or did you just kind of do new, new things in that regard? So in sixth grade, it started um, my medical journey, if you will. Um, I remember it was a tournament. There was a tournament at CARE, and it was volleyball, my favorite sport. And my mom grabbed me and said we had to go to the doctor because my something with my blood work. And from then on, I couldn't play because my spleen was so enlarged. Um, wow. Your spleen lies under your rib cage and your rib cage protects it. And if it were to get punctured, you can bleed to death in a matter of minutes. Oh, wow. So mine was out from my rib cage because it was so large. Um, because my, I guess my platelets were getting, it was eating my platelets, which mean I would bruise easily. So um, it was a long process. I went to so many doctors. First, I thought I had. Um, they thought maybe it was cancer. Thank goodness it wasn't that. Then they thought it was ITP. Don't ask me what that was. I didn't pay any attention when I was younger. And then they finally agreed. Uh, I went to UCLA and I saw a guy named Dr. Ament. And I'm actually in a book over there because they hadn't had this disease over there. Um, and he documented that I had Crohn's disease. So I think that was when I was in ninth a freshman that's when i was officially diagnosed with Crohn's disease oh my goodness so it's just this rarity that that this is a rare rare uh disease and and the chances of getting it i mean that that's unbelievable that not only 
that, that you had to go through this. But again, like your brother having leukemia, I mean, what are the chances of these things happening to one family? It's pretty crazy. It is crazy. But I was glad that I had the um, experience, like at least the start of my experience before Eddie, because um, it kind of, uh, we kind of got close due to our medical conditions. Okay. Um, so that was nice to have that. And now my sister kind of has this, a similar disease that I have, but hers is more kidneys than liver, oh, and which is good nice. for okay. her because kidney transplants are a lot easier and the recovery is way less. So I keep reminding her of that. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm going through now, it's going to be 10 times easier for you. Oh, yeah. Well, man, well, that's uh, well, unfortunate to hear, but, but at least like you said, it's in a, uh, there is some silver lining to it. Uh, Man, you, the Drain family, God bless you all, because you guys, you guys have really gone through some uh, trials and tribulations here. Oh, my goodness. Well, well, well Tawny, so when, when you kind of discovered that in sixth grade, uh, as you mentioned, that kind of put you, you weren't able to really do any sports in high school, right? No. Um, eventually, when I was in a junior year, um, they let me serve. So in volleyball, that was the only thing I was able to do. And But I had to wear... Uh, a men's football rib cage, so that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> really? That was the only way the doctor would let me do it to protect my spleen. Oh wow! So go in there and serve in the back row, and uh, just in case, uh, just in case a ball came across. I don't know how you guys wore that. I was, it was so sweaty, and I hated it so much. <laughs> like they have to run with this on. Yeah. I'm it and serving, and it was terrible. I really wish everyone could have just seen your face right now when you said that. <laughs> That's great. I hated it. I was doing. I was just serving, and I was sweaty, and it was tall. Yeah. Now imagine putting shoulder pads on, also, and then a helmet, and, and a lot of other things. <laughs> No, thank you. That was <laughs> oh my goodness. All, all ready to go for, uh, oh, for volleyball, just in case. I love it. Good stuff. Well, well, Tawny, um, so was it hard? Because uh, you kind of come from this, uh, this really sports-heavy family, right? Was it tough kind of having to kind of sit on the sidelines all those years, even though you kind of had this interest in sports? Yeah, so I loved sports growing up. Um, so it was actually very hard to watch from the sidelines. Um, my grandma actually started taking me. She used to work at a physical therapy clinic mm -hmm. um, called Fortnays. And during PE, since it was hard for me to watch other people play, she would take me up there and I would just work out at their gym. Um, again, it was like a senior facility. So I was with old people. So it wasn't that much fun. Um, but it was just something to get me away from watching everybody else get to play. And I kind of had just be manager or, I got really good at the, what were they called? Records. I got really good at records. <laughs> Super good handwriting, really organized and all that. <laughs> it was my exam. It was also hard because my dad thought I was the most athletic one growing up. So I never oh. really could do that. Oh, please, please tell me what he said. I know this, uh, Devin and Eddie and, and <laughs> I know they'll all, they'll all hate this part. So please tell me, tell me more about Mr. Drain saying that about you. That that's a, a, remember he's a man of few words, but he would always tell my mom. And then he did. He told me later in life, he's like, "Man, I really wish Tani could play sports because she was really athletic growing up, and I never got the chance to do it." So, yeah, I really wish I didn't listen to the doctors 
and say you can't play because you're going to bleed out, I'd rather just take him a chance. But it's too oh, late. <laughs> Competitor at the uh, – wow. Uh, so, so when you do this – you do all this CrossFit, you know, in your, in your late 20s and everything and kind of in your third, like it, you just kind of – did you have to be more cautious with it or did you just kind of say, you know what, I'm just going to go for it? So with CrossFit, it's different because there's no contact really to my abdomen um, unless you're doing a burpee and I didn't like burpees anyways. Um, <laughs> but honestly, when I graduate, when I turned 26, you get your parents' medical plan. So I was out without medical insurance for a while and I just didn't care. I wanted to do whatever I want because I couldn't do it before. So I kind of just didn't think I had a medical disease for a couple years. And then um, so, yeah, I just did CrossFit. The only impact movement was burpees, and I just did them carefully. So Interesting. Wow. Well, well what a journey. I, I know uh, for the past however long it's been, 17 years, <laughs> all I've really done is, is watch sports. I participated in them a little bit, too, but I can't imagine during those years in high school not, not being out there. Uh, but it sounds like you made the most of it. I tried. It was fun watching you guys play basketball, too. That was literally my favorite sport to watch. Really? And why was that? Well, one, because you guys were a good team. Bill, Devin, you were just fun to watch because you would just go in and hit people, kind of like Gabe. So you guys are like the same person. You just go in and foul and then come out eventually. <laughs> oh, I hardly ever fouled out. I, I did things that never got noticed, never got caught, I should say. You were, you were more sneaky than Gabriel. He would foul out more. Yeah, game was just yeah, a bull. I love watching you guys play. Well, it, it was so much fun. I mean, I, I think we enjoyed every sport, but I can honestly say basketball, I, there was a special bond there. Uh, Devin, who could never miss. Bill, we just did everything. I mean, I, I just tried to contribute any way I could, and it was so fun playing with those guys. And I got to imagine that your dad just had a blast uh, getting to coach his oldest son. Uh, and and hopefully uh, all of us because <laughs> we we had a pretty good run we we fell a little short which is disappointing but uh, yeah we had a a lot of uh, fans kind of say the same thing about us that it, it was a lot of fun I'll tell you what Tawny this is a this is a secret not many people know know this but like uh, we weren't that like I don't know how to say it we weren't that talented like we we were but we weren't it, it was kind of weird like. You know what I mean? Like Bill, Bill was an incredible athlete. We had some, some good, good athletes, but I mean, if we walked in a gym, it was kind of like, these guys are the basketball team. That's, that's kind of yeah. the, the thought. I mean, that makes sense, but you guys worked hard. Like Devin and Bill would practice all the time. I feel like you guys just had a lot of heart and you guys practice even when my dad wasn't there. <laughs> well, that was so, the running, that was the running joke was that he'd, he'd have a start a drill and then he'd go clean. He'd be like, okay, do this drill. And then he'd go clean Hampton Hall for two hours. And we'd still come back and still be doing the drill. Uh, he'd be like, okay, get some water. <laughs> like, he trusts you. See, that's a good thing. I, I guess so. Oh, man. <laughs> well, Tony, we're, we're going to have some fun here. We're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about each of your uh, family members. Um, oh, okay. Again, I played for, for Mr. Drain. I, I grew up playing with Devin Drain. I got to coach your brother, Ed, briefly. So there's a big connection to the uh, – to the drain family. And I know, again, a lot of people who've played for Mr. Drain, uh, kind of, you know, they'd like to know kind of the, the insider information. Devin never told me anything, which is funny. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, I know there's not any top the thing is my dad wasn't, okay. He anyway, for you guys. So like, <laughs> that's, that's true. He, everything, I mean, he was a great family man, but 
I think that's what a lot of his players would say is that he, he was a, just a great example to us. And, you know, when we messed up, we felt, we felt bad, not just because he yelled at us, but we felt like we were letting him down. So I think I speak for a lot of people uh, when I say that. Yeah, no, that makes sense. <laughs> so no pressure here, but let's go over each family member. Okay. Let's start with your dad, uh, Mr. Drain. What, what would be Mr. Ken Drain? What would be, uh, I guess, just anything, your thoughts uh, from uh, the oldest daughter standpoint of your father? Um, to be honest, okay. Me and my dad have a very interesting relationship. Um, I know I'm the favorite, to be honest. <laughs> I don't want, I'm just going to say that. And Colleen, just because she's the youngest. But, like, I remember growing up, the boys would always say, hey, Tawny, go ask dad for this because he'll say yes to you. So, like, I was always the one <laughs> that asked my dad for whatever because he would never say, usually he would never say no to me. Um, but growing up, like he was just, it was amazing to have such a good role model, not only in the house, but at school watching him coach because the way he lived outside where you guys were coaching and doing all that, that's what he was like in the house. He was a man of few words, but when he spoke, you needed to listen because it was important or it was valuable. So that's basically what you see is what I see in the house, except a little more, you know, love, you know, I love you <laughs> every now and then we don't get them that often. And we're not a big hug family, but you know, you get them on the special occasions. <laughs> that's oh, how my man. dad, <laughs> the very Fantastic. opposite of my <laughs> Oh yeah. That's what, that's what's intriguing about them is they do seem very opposite, but, uh, and, and of course we, we know all the kids and everything. So great stuff, Mr. Drain, uh, obviously. Uh, that, that's, that's great to hear. I, I love hearing stuff like that. Okay. Speaking of your mom, what about the, uh, the wonderful Mrs. Mara Drain? So my mom was the opposite. Like we just said, she is full of words and you can't stop her from talking. She is full of emotion. Um, so she actually coaches. I don't know if a lot of people know this. She coaches the little girls, the Royal friends. They're about first and second grade, I believe. So she is exactly what a first and second grade is person. <laughs> She's that person. She's very lively, just like your mom. Yeah. Um, bubbly personality. Um, when she talks, she'll talk for hours. It's kind of hard to stop her. And she's very lovey-dovey. So she's always wanting to hug you and kiss you, and you kind of have to push her away. Devin's honestly my mom's favorite. He's definitely the mama's boy. Oh, this is true. I, I've known this for a long time, Devo. Sorry, sorry, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell. We can all tell. We can all tell. I can't believe that guy's a father now, Devin Drain. How's it? Oh. By the way, how's it being a uh, Aunt Tawny? Oh my gosh, I love Carson. He is so. I he is the cutest thing ever. I was a little iffy, you know. You know, I wasn't sure how this kid was gonna look. And <laughs> he's the cutest thing ever. I love him. I mean, oh. I was going to love him no what. But yeah, he's a joy. He's just starting to crawl everywhere. So he's, you got to watch him a lot more. Uh, but yeah, he's a joy. Love him. I love being an aunt. <laughs> That's fantastic stuff. I, I love it. Uh, okay. So you, did you, met, you, did, you, okay, you talked to your mom. We're, we haven't gone over Devin yeah. yet. So let's, let's no. go. You know what? Let's save Devin. Let's go in reverse order. Let's go to. <laughs> let's go to Colleen. Just to, just to throw everyone for a loop here. Your youngest right. sister. 
So Colleen and I are actually 10 years apart. Um, so we don't hang out that much just because we're so far apart. Um, but I actually have a very soft spot for her because we have similar conditions medical. And honestly, she's the one, the reason I was able to go through this transplant a little stronger because I felt like as the older sister, I was kind of like making the pathway for her. Um, you know, cause I'm hoping she'll be able to go to USC, have her kidney transplant there. And I, and I always talked about her when I went to my appointments, making sure I get that name in, but she is honestly like me. Uh, we're very blunt. Uh, <laughs> we're kind of mean <laughs> to people. Um, but we tell it like it is. And I like that she's become that independent tell it like it is woman. So <laughs> we don't hang out that often. Her and Devin are actually the closest. Those two. Man, what, okay. So Devin's just, just getting close to all the, the, the women in the household. Is that it? I guess so. He's a ladies' man. I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not going to touch that one. Uh, <laughs> oh, Devo, Devo. So, you know, I, I could tease him the most because, again, I've I've uh, grew up with him and special relationship with uh, my good friend Devin. Good stuff. Well, that's awesome. It sounds like you're just being good older brother. You know, keeping an eye on the yeah. the youngest sibling. He's that's good. Brother. Yeah, he's a good. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Well, well, Tony, what about? Uh, your youngest brother, Dave Drain. So Dave is the um, kind of like the black sheep in the family, if you will. Okay. Not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. He is definitely the person that can make you laugh at any time. Um, he he got a major in communications. He's very good at writing. He has a very he has a skill for that. Um, but he we never know what he's gonna do. <laughs> or where where he's gonna go? He's yeah, and I love that about him. He takes after my grandpa on my mom's side. He, same person, doesn't care what people think. You never know what he's gonna do next. I mean, he's had like a million different jobs, and I don't know what he's gonna land on. But I'm excited to see what it's gonna be. <laughs> oh yeah, that's 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 great stuff. That sounds just like Dave. You know, uh, I keep hearing that he's kind of the life of the party, the uh, sense of humor guy, oh, yeah. right? He's a very humor guy. He'll make you laugh no matter what. <laughs> and his cards for his birthday are also are very funny. He actually on my I believe it was my mom's birthday. He put the candles on the cake and instead of putting them on the top of the cake, you know, like normal people do, he put them on the sides <laughs> around the cake. Because and his reason was because and it was a good reason. So the wax doesn't drip on the cake; it'll drip on the table instead. It's a good reason, I feel. That is some next level stuff there. Wow. Right? Unbelievable. <laughs> That's Dave for you. He thinks of the next level stuff. Oh my goodness. Wow. Next next birthday cake. I'm gonna think of that. That's hilarious. Uh way to go, Dave. Uh okay. What about uh your other brother? We've talked a lot about him. Uh, kind of some of the different uh things you guys have had to go through together in Eddie Drain. Yeah, so Eddie, um, him and I are actually close um due to our medical reasons we started when he was in fourth grade you know i was kind of there for him um medical wise because i kind of gone through the same thing not cancer but you know um but he is just he's very loyal he's loving he's also sarcastic which i like that about him <laughs> um the boys are all all like that um 
but I'll be honest, out of all the weddings, Devin, well, Devin and Eddie, Eddie, I couldn't handle it, Matt. I was very emotional just because leukemia, mm-hmm. didn't know if we were going to get here, you know, and it was just, I have loved watching him grow up into the man he is. And it's also very nice to see that he's grown up still with JT Parker and JT Parker was always there for him growing up. Mm-hmm. So I have a very soft spot for the JT Parker and his family because of that. So well, and then, and then the true irony there, you know, uh, God works in mysterious ways. That you know, your liver donor is JT Parker's mom. I mean, yeah, it's, it's like and a- I'll be honest with you. When they first told me, my um, they're like, "Hey, we found a." This is how it went down. First of all, I had to go to this appointment by myself, and the surgeon comes in and says, Hey, we have a donor for you. And I was like, okay. And they told me the name was Kathleen Parker. So I was like, I don't know who that is. (laughs) And then they're like, Oh, and your surgery is going to be in 11 days. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, this is heavy. But yeah, I told my dad it was Kathleen Parker and he's like, maybe it's Kathy Parker. So we call Mr. Parker. And he was like, uh, I can't, I don't know. Uh, Obviously he knew. And then finally Mrs. Parker called us and told her it was her, but Wow. Yeah, it's it's crazy how close we've become to the Parker family. And it all started with JT and Ed. <laughs> yeah, just going back, I think some, some of the things JT did for uh, his good friend, Eddie, you know, shave your head for Ed. I thought that was fantastic. And just watching them grow together. And then, you know, JT coaching now. They're both coaching. Uh, they're both married now. It's just wonderful stuff. Uh, and and kind of, um, what was I going to say there about Ed? Uh, oh, like his wedding, you were saying about how emotional it was. I mean, he was telling me on the podcast, you know, how there were so many jokes being made, mostly from your brother, Dave, during the speech, uh, that all the, his doctors were there when he got, I mean, that's just special stuff. Yeah. And he actually walked his two doctors down the aisle to go sit. And that's when I lost it, Matt. <laughs> oh man. Oh my goodness. It was a very emotional, well, for me anyways, I don't know about, I bet my mom too, but yeah, it was a super emotional wedding. Wow. Interesting stuff. Well, I'm not going to say the best for last, but we're going to say the oldest for last <laughs> in, uh, in my good friend. I know he hates this Richard Devin drain. Yeah. I don't know who that is. Devin <laughs> <Drain>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Devin, yeah. He and I are very close. We always consider, we considered ourselves as the first family because the other three are kind of yeah. younger. So um, we actually have a special bond. He was always the more cautious one growing up, not wanting to do things. And I was always the daredevil. So <laughs> as my mom says, he would always ask me for things to like, what game are we going to play now, Tawny? And I would always have to come up with it. Um, but it was, he... <laughs> I love him though because he's so cautious but I always try to challenge him to be more adventurous and he never does it Matt (laughs) but you know that's just how he is he's but he's a great guy to look up to because he takes care of the rest of the siblings and that's kind of his job and he does it very well I'll have to say that's uh that's great yeah he is uh definitely you can tell he's the oldest of five kids and, uh, you know, I, I talked to, he was one of my first interviews and I didn't know what I was doing. I still really don't, but it was, it was fun to catch up with him when we first started all this and talk about our, our playing days and just kind of what, you know, family and what it's all about. And, uh, he talked about, you know, you guys a little bit and, and the parents, and it's funny to see how things go, you know, some, some things change, but some, some things never change, you know, yeah. with, with family. 
Yeah, and he, you guys, I mean, I, lo I loved having him as an older brother because I got more brothers. Like, I felt like I was a part of your guys' team. Um, <laughs> Paul Hampton and Perry Hampton, we always played together um, on our streets because they lived right across the street from us. So, yeah, it was just fun growing up with Devin and his friends. <laughs> I always preferred guys over girls as friends. I don't know why. That's just why <laughs> What do you think? Less less drama, maybe, or what, what do you think? I guess less drama, and I don't know. You guys are just more fun. <laughs> Sorry, I don't have. I, I honestly don't have that many girlfriends. So I don't have anybody to apologize to. So there you go. <laughs> I guess we're yeah. We're, we're we're maybe there's a simplicity to us. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, but that's funny stuff. Well, well, Tani, if you could sum up, I guess just everybody, the Drain family. What, what are kind of your thoughts, uh, your pride in being a member of, of the Drain family, the uh, five kids, Mr. and Mrs. Drain, just kind of put it all into, into one basket and sum it up if you would, could. I would have to say growing up, and this is going to sound terrible, but I always felt the most pride not being a care kid, but not being the root of care. So like we came from like West Virginia and but I wasn't like intertwined with like, you know, how the Horton clan and Smith are yeah. all like one big clan. I always <laughs> like that. We made it, but we were just ourselves. And on top of that, I, growing up, I felt like we were just the loud family. Like you, everybody can hear us in the house, like the neighbors. And I just loved having so many siblings growing up. Um, <laughs> But I mean, we also had amazing role models to look up to. Like we knew how to have fun because of my mom and we knew how to settle down because of my dad. So I don't, it was just a fun time. I mean, I wish I could go back and grow up again. because it was Oh, so I say that all the time. I'm like, man, this adult <laughs> stuff is okay, but it's not nearly as fun as when you're younger. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> right now it's terrible oh and yeah yeah no kidding well i mean what was it i mean i know it was kind of all you ever knew but like having carry youth league real hondo prep literally in your backyard you go through the gate and here you are i mean what was it was it as cool as maybe uh, us people who had to drive 20 miles a day to get there <laughs> what was it did you did you embrace it i mean what was it like just having it right right over your backyard wall um <laughs> I definitely took it for granted. Uh, it was nice being able, like, if I got bored at home, to be able to go down to care and there's something to do. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to be honest, I was late to school more times than anybody else because I would just sleep in and be like, oh, I have five more minutes. That's right. You know, I just have to walk like two minutes and I'm there. But <laughs> it was, I think that's the hardest part was waking up for school or activities, coaching. I would just wait till the very last second and always be a little bit late. Oh, so, wow. But no. now as an adult, Matt, I'm always early. I've learned my lesson. Oh, my goodness. You know what's crazy, Tani, is, you know, you have friends who are in Rio and friends, you know, who, who maybe didn't go through the program. And it's little things like that where you may get together on a Saturday night or something. And you, I, I, I tell you, there's, the Rondo Prep people, they just know how to be on time for the most part. I'm generalizing. But it's like, hey, we said 7 o'clock or we said 8 o'clock. And it's like, some people, or, or even leaving, you know, now having a, a, a girlfriend in my life, you know, just, Hey, we're going to leave at five o'clock. Okay. And that turns into five forty-five. I don't know how many times it drives me crazy. She, <laughs> she knows this, she knows this. So it's not uh, it's not a secret, but we're working on it. But you know what? You don't get those, those punctuality 
uh, you know, principles other places like Real Hondo Prep. I hate when people are like, man, I'm like, dude, you're wasting my time. Let's go. <laughs> I said 5.45, not 6.15. What's going on? <laughs> yes. And now truth be told, uh, I must apologize because I postponed this interview multiple times today, but things were coming up. So well, we were really had a time. We were just kind of like uh, 20 minutes, uh, 30. And I was like, oh, that's fine. I'm okay. I'm not, I'm not doing anything here. <laughs> Now, a, cu a couple things about, you know, the Drain family, uh, just obviously knowing fr from Devin, I, I do remember, was it Wednesday night was always pizza night? Yes, Wednesday night was always pizza night. Um, I think that's why I don't really care for pizza anymore. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'll crave it every now and then, but I don't care. And I like Sundays because Sundays were the smorgasbord days. So like you would tell my dad what you want and he would go to all of those places and pick something up and we would have all those things. Oh, wow. He'd go to five or six different places. That's why I have the power, Matt. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Wow. Wow. That interesting. I, That's I remember me what they want. And I would say, Oh, we want these cases. <laughs> I, think, I can't remember what it was. I think it was like me and doc Bray came over to hang out with Devin or do something on a Sunday and, yeah, I remember that. Mr. Dram was going to get food. And he said, hey, what do, you, what, do you, what do you guys want? I was like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. <laughs> I remember one of those Sundays. <laughs> I do remember, you know, Mr. Dram has spoken in church many times, and I've always enjoyed his messages. Uh, he actually talked uh, in church recently and actually mentioned this podcast, which I thought was pretty cool that uh, he's tuning in. Yeah, he loves to listens to him on his walks. We actually talk about him sometimes. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's, it's good I to like know. I like hearing from him people that I know, mm -hmm. but yeah, I missed some, I have to go back. Cause when I was in surgery and like recovering and I couldn't, I would fall asleep and I can't, I'm like, I have to re-listen to that one now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I have a couple been, more to listen. That's what's been fun doing this is that it started like, okay, who am I going to interview? And then I was like, well, I know a lot of people. And then over time it was like, man, this, these keep being like real Hondo prep carry youth league stories. But I think that's a lot of the audience. So people like hearing that. I've enjoyed talking with people about the past and growing up similarly. So it's been so fun. It's kind of just came out of nowhere. And, and so I have other guests as well, but yeah, the real Hondo prep people are always special. Yeah. I love listening to them. I'm like, dude, Matt, interview this person, this person. Let me know. But yeah. Hey, I'm open to anyone. Let me know uh, if anyone wants to, any of your friends or, or whatever, just, uh, Shoot, shoot in my way. It'd be fun to have more, more uh, guests on the program for sure. Got it. Well, I haven't I'm, had many females, man. What's going on with so that? That's another. So you're not the only person <laughs> to say that. First of all, if you've known me at all over the years, Tawny, come on. You knew I was always, uh, I wasn't always one with the uh, females, even just friendships, just like, uh, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I wasn't. <laughs> School, I was so awkward. Yeah, I, I still kind of am. I'm a little better now. Uh, although I'm breaking a standard here, having a Zoom call with that with a young lady, uh, you know, or whatever. <laughs> uh, you can just say it's my recovery call. I need but... more. Now. <laughs> that was a joke. That was a joke, guys. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, I've I've heard that a few females. So you know what's funny? I've asked a few different people. Uh, guys and girls. And I get some of these responses are like, oh, I don't know what I'd talk about. Or like, oh, I, I'm kind of awkward. I'm like, awkward? I'm awkward. Like, it, it's just a conversation. That's all it is. <laughs> I was like, I felt awkward. Like when you said my story and I was like, oh, my story's so boring. But I was like, <laughs> me and Matt used to talk all the time. So I'm, I'm sure it will flow just fine. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it's just, it's just, like I said, it's just sitting around uh, you know, having a chat. That's so some, yeah, I've, I've 
Truth be told, Fani, I've reached out to a few females and, and some of them are, are busy. Uh, some of them are like, ah, I don't know if I want to do that. So, hey, I am, I am not discriminating here. I, I'm trying to reach right. out to, to more people. All right, all right. <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll get some more females on here. I have a few, few more in mind that I got to reach out to. But if you have any or, or anybody who, uh, you know, hey, anyone who wants to participate in the program, It'd be fun to, to catch up and chat. So you guys know how to get a hold of me. And if not, go through Tawny. Uh, well, Tawny, uh, another thing your, your dad spoke on one time, I'll never forget this. Uh, well, actually, there were two. One was a Father's Day message where he had Mr. Parker barbecue uh, burgers in church, like literally in the pavilion, which was which was. I cool. don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, and he gave out like burgers to like guys in, in after church uh, who were like, hey, this is a, you know, basically be a, be a great dad someday, or that was kind of the, the, the message, but another message he gave, he wore a green jacket and he talked about, he never was much into St. Patrick's day uh, at all until he married into the McGarren family. And he talked (laughs) a little bit about what St. Patrick's day is like at the drain household because of your mom. So take us into St. Patrick's day most years there uh, with uh, your mom and the drain family. Okay, first of all, you have to understand, my mom decorates for each month. There's decorations for every month. They're all different. And I think that's one thing my dad had to get used to because it's like, dude, why are you spending money every month on these stupid decorations? (laughs) (laughs) Like, just decorate the house one theme and we're fine. Decorate for Christmas. But yeah, so thanks, or St. Patty's Day, we grew up thinking there was always a leprechaun. And we would get, um, same as, so St. Patty's Day and Easter were kind of the same. Uh, there would be strings with our name on them and we would have to follow the string to like some kind of present or during St. Patty's Day, it was kind of a pot of something, not gold, but like there would be money, but like, and candy. So it was weird, like growing up and like talking to your friends, like, Hey, did the leprechaun come and see you? And they're like, what a leprechaun, you know? So it was, it was very uh, eye-opening, and we learned very quickly that, oh, there's no leprechaun because my mom just made it up because nobody else does it. <laughs> it was nice to get something every holiday, you know? I love oh, it. Oh, yes. Can't, can't beat it. I heard there was, like, uh, green pancakes. Is that, is that true or something like that? Um, there was green pancakes, but I think you're also thinking of April Fool's Day. Um, she would, we hated anything. We were very plain kids when we ate. Um, we didn't like any colored chips, like, you know, tortilla chips come in like red and like blue. Yeah. We wouldn't eat those because we felt like it would taste different. So when she made like green pancakes, we were very hesitant. Eventually we ate them, but like we were very hesitant. But then once April Fools would come and she would do like onions in our shakes and stuff like that, it was hard to trust her cooking them. Oh, wow. Head on a swivel, huh? Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> she pulled a fast one on you guys. That's it. <laughs> Way to go, Mrs. Every Dream. year. We, I love we, thought it. We, we thought we would figure it out, and we never figured it every year she would get us. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That, that is funny stuff. Well, uh, I talk about this, this stuff for hours. Uh, but, but Tani, <laughs> what, what can you tell me kind of in moving forward here? Uh, you know, 2020 has been so different for so many of us. Uh, it sounds like you've really excelled in, in 
fighting through some of this adversity you've gone through and kind of what, what do you see in going forward? Like what, what are your kind of, I guess, remaining steps uh, to, to get through all this and kind of what do you see for yourself on the, on the horizon? Um, so yeah, I'm only, I'm not even my second month in recovery, which is amazing because I feel like it's been forever. So the first three months are my critical period where your liver can get rejected or stuff like that. Um, so I have to go in twice a week to the hospital and get checked out. So, and it's going to be like that for the first three months. So it's a lot of doctor visits right now. Okay. Um, but they say full recovery can be up to six to nine months. Um, so I'm hoping I have a meeting with my doctor this Friday <laughs> and I want to ask about working out. I'm, I just, I'm itching to get back and I already know he's going to say, probably you can't do this. I'm limited to five pounds, Matt. That's not even my water jug. So <laughs> oh, to, to lift. Yeah. Wow. So I can't even fill up my gallon water jug here all the way because <laughs> it's more than five pounds. So it's, it's actually very hard to do things. I have to rely on other people. I think that's the hardest thing is because I don't like asking for help. Um, yeah. And I don't know if, I think Eddie touched on this. I had to have 24 hour care for five weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was humbling because people had to do everything for me. I had, we kept it small because of the virus. So my mom would come up once a week. Holly would come up uh, three times a week. And then Karina, Gabe's wife would come up once and Gabriel would come up once. So they would watch me for 24 hours and give me my medicine, get me my food, water. I was basically a baby. Wow. So it's, it's been humbling and I'm walking now. I'm actually able to go outside and do a little, not too much of a hike, but you know, walk for 30 minutes and hopefully this Friday I can do other things. I'm hoping we'll find out, but it should be, I shouldn't be back to normal, able to start adding some CrossFit in, in about nine months. Wow. Well, so baby steps, no pun intended, of course, but uh, it <laughs> sounds like, uh, you know, things have just progressed. Uh, so would you say kind of the, the worst is behind you? The worst, I mean, I can't really say that until my three months are up. Okay. So, uh, I mean, I would have to say the worst part so far was the day after surgery, waking up with a breathing tube in me. Um, that was probably the hardest for me. Um, and everything else has been pretty easy. And, uh, I mean, the hospital is very amazed with how I was walking around so quickly. Um, the scar that I have apparently is pretty, I think it's ugly, but, um, they think it's beautiful. (laughs) Um, I guess I have to learn to love it. Uh, Gabe and his wife want me to get a tattoo, but that would be like literally my whole stomach. And I don't know what I would get on your whole stomach. So, yeah, um, it's going to be a lifelong thing. I have to take medicine my whole life. Um, I don't mind that. I just really hope that I can get back to competing in CrossFit. I think that's my main goal is what I'm looking for. Well, I'll tell you what, in a couple of years, we're going to, we're going to see, uh, we'll see some videos or Snapchat, whatever, Instagram, we'll see some videos, some photos of you doing some uh, great things in CrossFit and we'll think back to this conversation uh, a long, yes. a long time from That's now. That's the so. goal. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tani, I got to tell you, it was a lot of fun. Um, I, I know I speak for a lot of people that, uh, not just you, but your brother Ed. I mean, the whole Drain family, but it's 
specifically you. Uh, you you've really inspired a lot of people here these past few months in fighting through this, and not just these last few months, but uh, you know since sixth grade, as you mentioned, uh, with some of the other obstacles and stuff. So. All the best moving forward. Um, I, I hope things uh, go well for Colleen as well. Um, yes. At the, you know, I, I have I'm totally confident that things will, and I know a lot of other people uh, have heard in their thoughts and prayers as well. So, uh, the last thing I will say is that uh, thank you for doing this, and thanks for just uh, fighting through all this. I mean, you, you really have. When I heard about all this going on, I was like, okay, let's give Tawny a little bit of time, but I do want to get her on the program after uh, her successful <laughs> surgery and have a conversation with her. So uh, again, thank, thank you for, for being here and uh, yeah, just, just being you, Tawny. Way to go. You're welcome. It was fun. <laughs> my whole life has been a journey and I, 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 it's been fun. So, and it's been overwhelming with the, all the support. I think that's the most overwhelming part and just all the love I've gotten and I appreciate all of it. And yeah, it's been amazing to see how many people even would donate for me. So it's been hey. an eye opening experience. Oh, well, amen to that, Tani. And you know what? Uh, I think the journey's just getting started. Just, just, just beginning. So we'll see where it goes. Yeah, we wish Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to you soon, Tawny. Uh, hey, let me know about any potential uh, guests you'd like to come on or, or whatever. <laughs> All right, Tawny. Thanks again. We'll be in touch. All right. Thank you, Matt. Thanks again, Tawny Drain, for joining us on the Get Home Safe podcast, the Tuesday edition, following up the episode from Monday of her father, Ken Drain. A lot of fun having back-to-back drains here on the Get Home Safe podcast. I thought it was very fitting to have her on following up the tribute to her dad, and I think it uh, it went really well, all things considered. So thanks again, Tawny. Best, of, uh, best wishes to you and the entire Drain family, and uh, a speedy recovery. Best wishes for a speedy recovery uh, as you move forward here, uh, recovering from uh, the uh, liver transplant and everything and uh, the future steps and all the other process that you have to go through. Just nothing but, I wish you nothing but the best uh, thoughts and prayers for you, but uh, you're doing great things and we couldn't be more proud of you. So talk to you again very soon. Well, guys, tomorrow is Wednesday. We all know what that means. Bill Barnes is back again for the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. Bill Barnes is our only weekly guest. He's here every single Wednesday. And you know what? We have a lot to talk about. We didn't talk about much about sports this morning. Uh, I was in a food mood, so <laughs> we'll say. So that's what was a big topic of discussion. But tomorrow, we're going to talk a lot about sports with Bill. There's a lot to talk about. The NBA playoffs are approaching. The hockey playoffs are down to their final 16 teams. Uh, Major League Baseball is in full swing. They continue to move forward despite some of the COVID testing. And college football is the the big news, the big headlines, we'll say, uh, recently with some of the potential uh, changes in the upcoming season, uh, some of the uh, maybe a season not even happening. So with some of the conferences that are – uh, that are that are potentially not going as of Tuesday morning when this show was posted. Uh, nothing official yet, but we will get into all that with Bill Barnes tomorrow. By the time we record late Tuesday night and post our episode Wednesday morning, uh, we should have a better feel on some of the information regarding some of the college sports uh, upcoming here in the very near future. Looking forward to chatting with Bill. And you know what? Our episodes have really gained some momentum with Bill. Uh, he's gotten a fan club almost. We've had people call in and write messages to me and also some voice messages for 
Bill. So if you'd like to contact us, you know how to do it. Bill is really itching to get some uh, messages from the fans. He would love to hear from you guys. So uh, not just for Bill, but uh, for me as well. Love to hear from you guys. And I can assure you, if you put out a message, uh, you record something, I'll play it probably the next day. The following day, I generally record uh, the night before. But if I get a, a, some information from you, a, a voice message, like you heard from the Mr. Drain episode on Monday, um, I'll, I'll piece those together. No problem. Uh, put them out and uh, give a response. So send us questions. Send us, send us your thoughts. Send us some content suggestions, whatever the case may be. There's plenty of ways to contact us. Uh, there's a great way through the Anchor app, obviously, to send us a voice message. You can do so. Uh, by going to anchor.fm or going to the anchor app itself find our podcast get home safe go to the green button click on messages really simple it's a one minute limit so record your audio there it'll come to me and we can go from there additionally if you have my if you have my phone number you guys can text me an audio message as well that's no big deal Uh, it's one more step for me but if that's easier for you guys then, then that's just fine if you'd like to be involved in the program like I said, if you don't want your voice over the airwaves, I totally get it, but it's just an option, letting it uh, letting it uh, out for you guys. So anyway, uh, that's an option. And uh, if nothing else, feel free to write us in. Our email address is gethomesafepodcast at yahoo.com. That's a great way to get to us. Uh, we'll be able to respond. Again, questions, content, anything, send it to us. We'd love to hear from you guys like you hear from us Monday through Friday here on the Get Home Safe podcast. Other ways to follow us, our Twitter handle is Get Home Safe Pod and our Facebook and Instagram page is Get Home Safe Podcast at Yahoo. Excuse me, I did it again. That's like the sixth time I've done that. See, if there's a specific order you get on autopilot. Try it one more time. Facebook, Instagram page, Get Home Safe Podcast. Twitter handle, Get Home Safe Pod. Our email address, Get Home Safe Podcast at yahoo.com. We'd love to hear from you. We look forward to hearing from you. And we look forward to our interview with Bill Barnes tomorrow. I promise you, uh, like I do every Tuesday, that <laughs> Wednesday is going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to that with Bill. Thank you again, Tawny Drain. Great catching up with you. My best to you moving forward in recovery and everything else you're, uh, you're going to be doing here in the very new future. And guys, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe.